Hey guys, welcome to another episode of From Our 20s. Thank you for joining us. As always, I am joined by my good buddy Casey up there in Buffalo. It is exactly what you'd think it is for Buffalo, New York. It is sunny and snowy in South Canada, but that ain't stopping nobody. It is perfect well, for good. how far Glad we're concerned. As long as the sun is shining, life's pretty good. How is Blue you know, Earth, it's been Minnesota? Good. It's uh, mild weather, upper upper 20s, and uh, a little cloudy today, but I'll take it. Awesome. Well, now that all the listeners know exactly where we live, <laughs> so today what are we, we are about going today? to be talking about life after <laughs> college, or maybe you didn't go to college and you just life after school and the whole like transitional period we take from, you know, we're, we're used to being in school of some sorts with that type of schedule. And now we're transitioning into like our life and jobs and careers and all that sort of stuff. So we're just going to kind of talk about that today. Yeah. So this was definitely a big thing that both of us had to deal with this year uh, with me graduating December, 2019. And then you just graduated this past June. Uh, Yeah. Both of us were just talking about this throughout the entirety of the year before either of us had any idea we'd be having a podcast related to anything is that, you know, life after college is just a whole lot different and it all happens real fast. And in terms of just like your day-to-day life, I'd say that's kind of one of the biggest transitions I think that can happen is, you know, probably the only few others we might have is, you know, if we get married or have kids and then retiring, those are probably like the only other three big life transitions we have coming up after this, which was a pretty big milestone. Uh, so yeah, both of us got hit with this pretty hard in 2020. Yeah, and yeah it's definitely been a different, a lot to deal with schedule, especially like at night, you know, I think we're used to just, you know, whether it was sports in high school or it was just homework and the college lifestyle, what you do at night and studying and going out with friends and all that sort of stuff. So like just, I think the more free time that we have now is, is probably the biggest part of um, life now is how do you manage your time when maybe there isn't as much to do as you know, you used to before. But I guess I'll lead off with a question for you. And that would be what has been like your biggest challenge in the transition from, you know, being in college to now working a a full-time job. Yeah, there's been several. So, I mean, part of mine is I moved to a different city. So, I mean, I'm back in my hometown of Buffalo right now, just for the holidays. It's new year's right now, but I moved to Cincinnati, Ohio, right after I graduated. And so I think it was a big adjustment building like an entirely new community. Um, I'd say that was like the biggest adjustment is, you know, in college, you're able to make friends really quickly and really easily just because you're all living together um, or even like have classes together. There's just such an abundance of people exclusively in your age range. Uh, And then when you move to a different city, there's like just a complete lack of that structure. Like there's no systems in place for you to be able to easily meet like-minded people. Um, And so I think the biggest thing for me was just, you know, the first few months there, it was just, you know, tough to feel like I had anything related to college just because I didn't really have 
whole lot of friends in a completely new city. And obviously COVID really exacerbated that issue, if you will. Um, and I was really fortunate to get plugged into a church pretty early on. And I'm in a really awesome like community group there, made some good friends through that. Uh, but like when I first moved there, I remember it was the first time in my life that I had lived on my, not, not on my own, but like literally like alone. I'd pretty much always had housemates or like lived with other people. And I just remember like, I had no internet, no TV, like the first few nights that I moved in there. And so I'm just like alone at a kitchen table yeah. eating dinner. And I was like, this kind of sucks. Like, you know, you know, no internet, no TV, no friends, nobody I know in a new city. And I'm just alone in a dark house all by myself. And I'm like, this is life now, I guess. Uh, and so I think that like, just that lack of having any form of like relational structure um, which isn't something everyone deals with, obviously. Maybe they move to like a big city and it's pretty easy to make friends quick or more than likely they move to like a hometown or they move with friends. Uh, so they already have something there. Um, but I'd say just that lack of relationship or like community was tough as well as the fact that like in college, you know, you're saying now that you've graduated, you have more free time. Um, but it was, especially when I was in the office, I felt like I had way less because in college it was kind of like you'd go to class for an hour and a half, you know, you'd have an hour or two to chill and you go to another class. And now it's like, I'm in an office from 8.30 to 5 every single weekday. Uh, and that was just a really tough transition because I don't feel like I was built for that. And so it's been like, that was a really tough transition for me as well is on yeah. both fronts is like professionally and yeah, relationally. For, it was yeah, a for big myself, adjustment. like, I mean, yeah, I say I, I have more you? free time. That's because I have a, you know, I'm self-employed as a farmer. So I kind of pick and choose my schedule to an extent or I think that the toughest thing for me even though I moved back to where I grew up is just like to be intentional with the relationships that I already had and you know some people are the instigators and some people aren't and you know in my friend group I realized that none of us are really the instigators so I had to like become that that person in the group to like okay let's let's actually do something let's get something rolling and it's like that's maybe been a challenge is just like actually getting out and making the effort to do things with people so that I'm, you know, in community and, and having the fun stuff outside of work, learning all the, the things that you have to do when you're, you know, an adult and like paying for bills and healthcare and, you know, all that sort of stuff that comes with like being independent. I think just transitioning into the independence has been a tougher it's just new, I guess. Maybe it's not tougher. It's just new and have to learn all the stuff that school didn't teach you how to do taxes or really how to do much on your own. It just taught you subjects, I guess. So obviously we're kind of dragging on it a little bit. So there's obviously some positives, uh, you know, maybe pick three in each category or give us like a little list. What's your, what's your overall pros and cons life before college, life after college, or I should say maybe life during college versus life after college. Quick little bullet points, yeah. pros and cons. So which do you prefer? Pro hit us with it. Life after college. No homework. Pro of life in college is community and just like the friendships and all that free time. I guess some free time, a lot of free time. I also have that outside of college, I feel like too. So that's both of them are pros. Like you do have a lot of free time either way. It's just all about time management. Um, another pro of 
life after college is you kind of feel free in a sense. Like, I mean, especially if, if you're self-employed, like you get to pick and choose your schedule. Um, making money. That's a pro. I like that. And I'm not spending as much on college tuition. That's a con to college is how much it costs to, to pay for college and all of that. When you're not, if you don't have a job in college, you're not making anything. So, um, those are my quick pros and cons. You? Yeah. I mean, you hit on a lot of my same ones. Um, let's see, hit it with a pro. Yeah. It's nice making money, feeling like, you know, you can support yourself. And I guess like a con in that same vein is you, you know, other than college, like tuition, I feel like I spend a lot more now too. And not just like, I don't mean like on stuff, but it just feels like there's a lot more expenses now that I've graduated, you know, rent isn't as cheap in Cincinnati as it is when, you know, you're living with three guys in Lynchburg, Virginia. Uh, so more expensive there, like you said, like healthcare and insurance and everything. And then also during college, I wasn't thinking like saving for retirement really regularly. And now, you know, that's money each month or each year that I'm setting aside to like a lot of money in taxes, you know, even though I'm making a lot more, it just feels like I'm spending a lot too on stuff that, doesn't affect obviously like saving for retirement affects me and it's nice to have like healthcare coverage and stuff but it's just like yeah it feels like even though i'm making more i really don't like have a whole lot more if that makes sense um another pro and here's another one i'm gonna say is a pro and con is like that freedom that you said like on one hand like there's not a whole lot of structure other than like a job but even then i could just like leave my job so it's like there's absolutely nothing keeping me anywhere especially you know we're both well I guess you have your farm um but especially for me other than my job everything else like the other ways I make money is all online so like there isn't really anything keeping me anywhere which is a pro and we actually talked about this last week a little bit but it's also kind of a con it's like every single day especially if you're having like a rough day if something's going on it can be easy just to think like why do I even have to be here I can just up and leave um and it makes it hard to be like a content with where you're at and B like know that you should be there if that makes sense. Um, and so like, there's always that second guessing of like, could it be better elsewhere? And at least when you're in high school, you can think like it could be better elsewhere, but I have to be in school. Whereas now it's like, it could be better elsewhere and there's no reason I shouldn't find out. Um, which it's nice that you could find out, but it's also, that's not always for the best if you're always searching for better. Um, yeah whole grass is greener where you water it sort of thing um one last yeah uh one last con because i have a pretty good one for a pro um i mean i already said this before but just it's so much harder to make friends meet people especially when you're starting to get to our age where it's like a lot of the people our age depending on where you live might already like be married or like in serious relationships or have kids, they're not like quite as much looking for more friends, if that makes sense. Um, like they're sort of already working on like their own life. And especially like I have friends who are starting to have kids already. And it's like, they have no time uh, to hang out or anything. And so if you're moving to a new city and you already have those people, like they're not looking to make friends really. And so it's so much harder to like make friends with people and just even randomly hang out. Like how many times would we just, show up back at our house or back at a dorm and be like, all right, boys, what are we doing tonight? We want to like just spontaneously do something. And that just doesn't nice. happen after college or it very rarely happens after college. Um, 
and once again, this is dependent on where you live. I have a brother who lives in New York City, and he says it happens all the time. So it depends on where you live and who your friends are. Um, but I say the last pro, and maybe this is the one that outweighs all of the cons. Mm-hmm. I feel like I have a lot more purpose now after college. Like in college, you were just kind of, you were there to get something done in a way. Like obviously, like <laughs> you were having a blast, and I, I college was funner than real life right. was. Um, without a doubt, I don't even think it's close, or at least not. It's close. more fun. I, I got. Um, I got. I got like college is a million huh? times funner more than fun. the real world was. <laughs> but I remember having. Okay, it was more fun. Funner is not a word. Um, but like I remember having the conversation with my dad at least over a year ago, and I still like remember it. He was like, "Yeah, like yeah, college is one of the funnest times of my life." But like I wouldn't go back if I could. Like life just has so much more like meaning and fulfillment now. Um, I think you know, obviously he was saying that as you know someone with kids and everything. Um, but still, even for me, it's like, whether it be, you know, life seems a little bit more serious now than it did before, but also seems a little bit more meaningful, purposeful. And like, it feels like I can really accomplish something with my life. Whereas back when I was in college, I was just focused on, you know, making sure that I'm getting good grades, I'm getting everything done and having fun with friends. And now it feels like I'm actually like creating something. Um, and that's, it's not as glamorous as fun and it, but it is, there's just something deeper there. That's even like tough to explain. Um, but I just feel like life after college and maybe, maybe this is just me. Cause I'm actually, you know, like the whole you know, business thing, I'm trying to get to the point that you are in terms of like self-employment and everything, growing a business, but yeah. it just feels like there's something like I'm really working towards that. I no, that's an awesome college. point to make there. Um, I like that, me, that a lot. And it's so else. true. I mean, I guess my viewpoint when I was in college is like, it was rather short term. I was just thinking about the semester and then the following semester. And then I was thinking about what I was going to do after college, but I wouldn't think like long-term necessarily. Like now that I'm out of college, I think like long-term, like 10, 20, 30 years, like I'm making plans that far out in advance. So it's really, it's really fun to get to just build and like see where life is going to take you, but like have some sort of control of it, like, or maybe more control of it than you did before, because it's like, we're making our own decisions now. And that's, that's, it's awesome. It's awesome to have that ability, but at the same time, having all these options available to us and, you know, or like how you were saying, like you're not tied down anywhere. So you could be anywhere and it could be, the grass is greener somewhere else. Like we have all of the options to go anywhere and work anywhere. Like, but is that, is too many options overwhelming? I, I think so. I think having less options is better. Have you heard of the jam study? That's not the official name of it, but it's kind of what it goes by. Okay. So they did a psychological experiment. I think this is in California in or around the year 2002. There was a supermarket where of two psychologists set up a table with, I believe it was 12 or 26, something around there, like over a dozen different types of jams. You know how a lot of times a supermarket will like have free samples. So two psychologists decided to do that and they set it up with over a dozen different types of jams and they put it on like crackers or like little pieces of bread or whatever. And they just tracked how much foot traffic they got, how many people were trying the jams and then how many people bought, can or a bottle or jar of jam 
And then they did the same thing the next week, but they only had three types of jam instead of the, let's just say 12, even though I think it might've been more than that. So what happened when they had over a dozen different types of jam is they got over a, like twice the amount of people were stopping and tasting different types of jams compared to when they only had three. They got way more traffic when they had over a dozen because there were so many different options. But they calculated and they saw when they only offered three, they actually yeah. sold more jars. Let's go with the word jar. I think that's what it's called with jam. They sold more jars of jam when they only offered three options as opposed to 12. Yeah. And do you know what that means? Paradox of choice is what it's called. The more options that we have, the more enticing it is for us because we think that that means we'll be able to make a better decision. But we actually have so many options that we are unable to actually commit to one and have yeah. a fair degree of confidence that we made the right decision. And so this study has been applied to a bunch of things, like whether it be investing, it's actually been applied to dating and marriage and relationships um, in like a bunch of different studies, because we think that the more options are at our disposal, the better of a decision that we'll make. But that's not necessarily true. Or to be more accurate, it's not that oh, it's not yeah. necessarily true, Dude, but we'll be less hits me. confident like, in the decisions that we make. That's personal. I mean, so how many yeah, times is that, that true? Can apply to... like, yeah, confidence in a decision. It's easier if there's only three options compared to the, the 12 because you just like, you always have that thing in the back of your head like, oh, but what about the other eight that were also good options? But, you know, I picked this one. So there's less, you know, less questions when there's not as many options. Exactly. And yet how often, and especially me, like, yeah. like this applies to me as well. It's like, I still want as many options as I can have, like pretty much no matter what it is. Like I want as many options choosing where I can live, what jobs I can work, like anything. It's like, I want to have as many options as possible, even though I am acutely aware that I will be, less i don't even want to say less happy but that's a process of elimination the choices narrowing it down and i think that helps with any decision yeah so i didn't want to take us too off topic so we're talking about life after college what would you give 22 or 23 22 or 23 year old brandon coming right out of college if you i'm gonna take a quick break here did you wish you would have known so what advice would I give myself going into life after college? Is that the question, right? That is the question. Well, you know, what did you wish you would have known <clears throat> going in that you didn't know before? Maybe like just didn't like internalize or grasp the gravity of? I think I would tell myself to be intentional with the relationships around me. I would also tell myself to plug into places whether it's you know especially church and you know find that community and just find those other things to like help people you know like service events and rather than just sit at home each night and watch netflix after work like just go out and do stuff and i feel like i've done a pretty good job of that it's harder in winter but like in the summertime like just to go out and be with friends be in community and just do stuff like that's the beautiful thing of you know life after college is you can you have more i think you have more freedom depending on your job you have more freedom to do stuff at least in your evenings and just make the most of it and be with people like 
you know, I've, I don't know if I've talked about this before or not, but like, so life is all about people. And that's like the most important thing in life. I feel like is people in our relationships. Like that's honestly what makes us maybe happier people is just the relationships we build on the time we get to spend with people. Like memories are made with other people and you just find things more enjoyable with people. So really hone in on that. Like, just be with your friends, be with family, and just make a lot of memories. Yeah, no, you're right. Like, end of the day, life is pretty much all about the relationships we have with other people. Well, life is actually about, you know, living for Christ, but within yeah. that, it's about right. other people. I mean, it's the whole love God and love people. Like, yeah. if there's one sentence to sum up, like, how you should live, love God and love people i guess i assume i'll answer that question too uh i think something which like i've heard before and it like just i just need to keep telling myself is it comes back to c.s lewis quote because doesn't every christian related thing um (laughs) he said i think he said like some of the effect of the future is something which everyone reaches at the rate of 60 minutes an hour whatever he does whoever he is um and I think that that was related. I think that was, I think that was screw tape letters that he wrote that in, but basically the gist of what he was writing in context was like, it's so easy for people, especially someone like me, who's like super like goal oriented. Like we talked about last week. Yeah. Um, he was talking about how like, it's, you know, it's easy for men to think that the future is some far off land only like promised to the conquerors or the victorious um, basically like it's so easy to keep kicking the can down the road of living life and like just setting everything up um and so that can like show up whether it's like like working hard like late nights like build something so maybe like you know five ten years from now you'll be able to like enjoy the fruits of its labor which like there's nothing wrong with that but it's so easy to especially for me to just get pulled out of the moment um and just always sort of like punting my happiness or my experiences or opportunities to serve or be with other people saying that, Hey, if I'm able to get this work done, or if I'm able to get this set up, then years down the road, I'll have more time or more money or more resources to be able to do those things. Um, When really it's like the future isn't some destination or some goal to be achieved. It's just something that we're all on our way to, no matter what we do. Um, And, you know, coming into college, especially even now, um, I feel like that's something that I just needed reminding of is that your goal is to just in not goal is to enjoy, but just something that you should strive for is to enjoy just like the moments you're in with the people that you're with. Um, and it's so easy just to become enveloped in pushing that down the road <clears throat> trying to achieve like a desired future. Yeah. When really it's, you know, time return. I mean, money returns, time doesn't. So yeah. Spend more time with people, you know, waste more time really in yeah. a good way. Yeah, I think it's really easy to just work and like live to work. So how do we just so how do we switch that? I mean, we gotta work. Like it's built into our DNA to like work. We're we were designed to to work. But how do we also just like live life and you know i think you brought up a great point of time you know you you, everybody has the same 24 hours in a day 
but how do you how do you spend it do you work that full you know 14 hours that you're awake or whatever you know it's all about creating a balance of okay i got work but it's not my life like i don't ever want to make my work like my life like it's what i do to earn a living but it's not like everything to me yeah right on i think especially during covid everyone's responded or i should say quarantine i guess to be more accurate it's like everyone has responded so differently and i think especially i mean even you're in the same situation i think to an extent where it's like it's not always easy to like see friends even going back home i'm sure that your social life has been different than it was in high school right Um, where it's like there's just simply less to do with other people and so it's easier to drive ourselves into a form of isolation for however that might look to some people that might look like you know just anxiety or worry constant netflix or laziness and to other people like myself it, it just looks like all right i'm going to like just double down on work so that when we come out on the other side of this i'll you know be better off than i was before it which even though on the outside that's probably more constructive than the other strategies it still can be detrimental to like just our development as believers and as people because basically everything that i listed is still some form of a numbing strategy yeah um, and being isolated is you know the easiest way to start numbing or the easiest catalyst for numbing i guess to be more accurate right yeah a lot we just try and distract ourselves to keep ourselves busy so that we don't think about whatever it is that we're struggling with yeah i forget who was the philosopher i'm trying to think here um, but there was somebody who said like majority of man's problems stem from the fact that he cannot sit alone in a room with his thoughts. Um, it was Blaise Pascal. I just Googled it on here. Um, yeah. All of humanity's problems stem from man's ability to quiet, to sit quietly in a room alone. Uh, Pascal, who if I recall correctly from Trig, he had some form of like triangle theory or whatever. Like, dude, how scary is it to just be alone with your thoughts for 20 minutes? Horrifying. It's tough, especially if you're an overthinker, yeah. you know, because you could. Or an underthinker. Yeah. I mean, you can go, f- you can spiral so quick with stuff. Like you can, you know, I, it's tough to sit in silence myself. Then I just start thinking about this, that, and the other thing, and then it stems to this, and then it creates fear, and then it creates anxiety and worry. It's like, why do we go down that road? Like, it's not, it's not worth it. It's good to think, but you got to keep your thoughts captive and remember like the truth of everything like i have to remind myself of you know verse in the bible um where it talks about think about it says think about these things whatever is pure whatever is true whatever is honorable and so on and so forth like these are the things you need to dwell on rather than all the thoughts and worries of the world that we tend to just bog our mind with and the last thing I think Wait, we could so, probably touch on I'm here sorry. Who, I didn't know who to start that. is how important is a routine, right, cool. especially now that we're out of college? Yeah, I think it's super important. Although I think routines are just kind of important all around. I don't know if it's really like a college, non-college thing, um, but just routines, I think are just like a tool. I don't know. If, I don't know if they're necessarily 
immoral good in and of themselves, but I think they're like a super useful tool where just there are so many proven benefits to having some form of a routine that I would just highly recommend it to everyone. Um, and I guess maybe I should ask specifically what you meant by routine, but what I'm thinking in my head is just like a morning routine, like a nighttime routine, just like putting good yeah, habits yeah, in place. Yeah, basically like, is it good to have um, a daily routine, you know, but, morning, throughout the day, nighttime, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like, is it important to have a routine? Yeah, absolutely. Well, as much yeah. as variety is the spice of life, Brandon, uh, routine is definitely, um, or just structure in general, is just incredibly helpful to our day-to-day lives, especially on the morning and nighttime ends. Those have just been proven to um, help, like, bookend it, um, bookend yeah. our days, give them some sense of, like, normalcy, and especially even help us sleep better. When we have the same standard thing that we're doing, you know, at nighttime, it usually acts as like a psychological trigger that once you start getting these steps in place, your body can start preparing itself for bed. You're prepared to fall asleep and things like that. Um, and obviously certain routines are better than others. Like don't down a pot of coffee and then start listening to like Limp Biscuit or Metallica right before you go to bed in hopes that a routine is going to somehow going to get you to fall asleep. Um, but, you know, whether this is like a five minute thing or you have like a full like hour long routine, um, especially before bed, it can help you fall asleep faster. It can help you like center yourself. And then in the mornings, it can help you prepare for like what's about to, you know, come throughout the day. And especially if you work a job or have a lifestyle that there's like a lot of variance in throughout the day. Um, just there's some sort of like centeredness or normalcy that when you start the morning every single day. Um, it just gets you in the right mental space. Um, just go about the day, really. Um, so, like, do you have a morning routine or like a nighttime routine, or what would you say like your routine? Yeah, has been ever since no, I I agree. Routine is super important, and I've realized it more and more each day. But my routine typically, you know, after I wake up, I do like a quick devotional because I don't like to read a lot in the morning. My brain takes me a while to wake up, but I I read a a quick devotional and then I basically just get dressed and walk out the door and I go do a chore. So I go check on uh, a pig site that I manage and I walk through all the barns, make sure all the pigs are good. And then I, then I come back home here and, and, um, you know, check in with, with, um, you know, the boss and, and see what needs to be done that day. So, but I kickstart, you know, every day is starts the same, you know, that first hour of the day pretty much looks the same. I have devotions and I go do chore and then I see like what the day is going to bring. And then I'll say like my, my nightly routine, if I really have a routine, um, you know, eat supper, usually I work out around five o'clock and then eat supper at six. And then, you know, the rest of the night I'm doing kind of whatever. I'm just kind of relaxing, kicking back depending on what season it is. And then, you know, I try and go to bed at the same time, you know, 10 o'clock and I try and wake up at the same time, depending on the season, it's either six o'clock or seven o'clock somewhere in there. Yeah. Right on something I've been trying. I definitely have a lot more structure in my morning routine than I do nighttime, but I've been trying that like to get off my screens at least like 30 minutes before bed. Um, which was a lot easier when I was living in Ohio. Cause that's where I have like all my books. I didn't really bring any back to me in Buffalo. Um, but I feel like that's just can kind of help me like unwind a little bit more. Like it's been easier to fall asleep. Um, it's just completely like, you know, getting off any screens, 
Um, one, because I guess like the blue light emitted from the screens can kind of like play with your internal clock. And also it's like just so there's, you know, yeah. if something comes up at night, it's not like my mind's racing about what somebody might have texted me or like the orders I have to fulfill the next day or like anything like that. It's just, all right, I'm just going to read a book for pure enjoyment, which is something that, you know, I haven't done like a whole lot lately is like do things just because I enjoy them if they serve like no other purpose. Um, I feel like that's like been a great way for me to like wind down the day. I think it's just been getting rid of all yeah. internet screens, everything like that. Yeah. I think, you know, more than anything, like just having a routine is good for your mental health and overall health. It just creates, like you said, normalcy and you know what you're doing. It helps you plan out the rest of everything, less stress. It's just consistency. It's back to our word about being consistent. Yeah, especially I think if you're new to like the real world, like we were, you know, you're coming out of college where I assume like you could sleep in a lot of the times or you didn't have as quite as much responsibility. I think like getting off to a really good like start in the morning, like routine can almost help prepare you to like attack the rest of your day, which is something that is going to be a struggle for a while. Yeah. Your first weeks, months, et cetera. Um, Because it's a change, man. If you're used to just like goofing off in college, hanging out, staying up late, sleeping in, and then you got to be at an office or in your case, you have to, you know, be at the farm at 7am and it's not the same. And so I think the more structure or the more like, even in the mornings, what I started doing was like, I would end my shower with like 20 seconds of like cold water, just to feel like I'm starting my day off by doing something I don't want to do. That is not comfortable, but it's because I know that I can handle like, it's weird saying it out loud why I do it. It makes me sound weird. But like, just like starting your day off with something you don't want to do. Um, and there's actually a site, I think it was Nietzsche referred to this as like eating the frog. Like, I don't know why he like framed it that way, but it's just like doing something you hate first thing in the morning, just to like mentally trigger yourself to, I don't care what this day is going to bring. I'm stronger than it. Um, I think that's been like something that's been like, a good practice. So like if you've been struggling to like wake up or feeling like sluggish throughout the day or that you just don't have like the mental energy, if you've been getting enough sleep, like just try ending like a shower in your morning with like cold water for 20 seconds and like just do, do the difficult things in the morning really. And I think that's like actually, that's interesting because I, I have been doing that cold shower for like the last 20, 30 seconds or whatever it ends up being, but I don't dare do it in the morning because my body ain't ready for that, but I'll do it at night. I do it at night after like a workout or something. Wait, you do it at night? But I do it for different reasons. I do it for my skin health and just, and then it helps my muscles kind of recover for a little bit there too. So I don't know. Cause I feel like it tightens up the skin. So then it locks in my pores or something. I don't know. I've, I've tried to research like all of this, like is cold showers good for you, this or that. And I, I come up both ways. It's like, I don't know if it's actually beneficial or not, but I so I do it sometimes. Like I'll throw it to cold for the last 30 seconds like you, but rarely do I do it in the morning. I mean, it's good. Like I'll say if you do it in the morning, that'll, that'll jumpstart you to wake up really quick. So yeah, dude, you'll yeah. come out of there just ready to go, which is why I get, don't understand. Well, I don't take, do I like, don't I take showers at sleep afterwards. I'm not taking I, a shower. Like, I'm wired after I take a cold shower. You know? But yeah, that, okay. I can see your side of it. But also then you can hop into comfy clothes after it and you get warm anyway. So what's the big deal? But I think that's pretty yeah, much exactly. a wrap for this episode. Thank you guys for just 
tuning in and listening to a conversation that we are just having on the whim and um, looking forward to what's to come. See ya.